Obsession. Noun. An idea or thought that continually preoccupies or intrudes on a person's mind. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Are you telling me you built a time machine? What about the DeLorean? The Statue of Liberty is kaput. Disconcerting. Take your sticky paws off me, you damn dirty ape. Hey, it's Ian from the CineSiblings podcast, and welcome to my new podcast, Obsession, or just Obsession. On these episodes, I'm going to be talking about, well, you guessed it, things I'm currently or have been obsessed with. On the inaugural episode, I'm going to be diving into my DC Comics fandom, my love for the comics, games, films, and television series of the DC multiverse, and of course, the upcoming film, Zack Snyder's Justice League, which comes out next month on March 18th directly to HBO Max. So let's just get right into it. As far back as I can remember, I've always been into comic books. I remember asking my older brother to read them to me before I could read. Not fellow citizen sibling James, but our oldest sibling Daniel. He always responded with, you can't really read comics to someone. You just have to learn how to do that yourself. I had to resort to staring at the pictures obsessively and trying to piece together the epic storylines through the captivating artwork of the Infinity Gauntlet, Secret Wars 1 and 2, the death of Superman, Spider-Man doppelganger, and many, many more. But one of these storylines captured my attention more than any other, the death of Superman. Growing up, also with my oldest brother Daniel, We got up every Saturday morning to watch Spider-Man the Animated Series, X-Men the Animated Series, and all the other Marvel shows. But as the 90s progressed onwards toward the early 2000s, the focus began to shift. Reruns of the Batman the Animated Series took Cartoon Network by storm, Superman the Animated Series along with it. Then Justice League came bursting through the screen, creating this sort of shared universe, much like Marvel did with their 90s cartoons. Teen Titans, Batman Beyond, Static Shock were all among the DC properties we as 90s kids were absolutely obsessed with and still are to this day as they release on HBO Max. But this wasn't the forefront of our obsessions, not yet at least. At this time period, it was all about Dragon Ball Z, Pokemon, and the anime we were served up on Cartoon Network's Toonami block. But that's another episode in and of itself. As time moved on, we got some questionable Batman movies some truly memorable performances. Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze, Jim Carrey as the Riddler. These are truly some inspired cheeseball performances, chock full of quotable moments. But let's move on, though. Let's talk about the original superhero boom, Fox's X-Men and Sony's Spider-Man. Whew! These movies are awesome and still hold up. Except, of course, Spider-Man 3 and X-Men 3, X-United or whatever it's called which might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It was a shift in the comics world and my obsession. Yet again, Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. Everything was Marvel. DC movies had been left in the dust. The lackluster Superman Returns did nothing to pull comic fans away from the Marvel cyclone of movies as the nearly bankrupt company began selling off all their popular assets to movie studios. The pioneers of comic book movies had been forgotten. It was like people had forgotten Superman, Superman 2, Tim Burton's Batman, Batman Returns. Then something happened. 
Christopher Nolan helmed a truly incredible Batman origin story, Batman Begins. And again, my fandom shifted. It was like no other comic book film I had ever seen. It still is to this day my favorite of the Nolan trilogy. It's just a better Batman movie than the rest. As I got older, my taste matured. I always enjoyed the dark and macabre. Thanks, Goosebumps. Are you afraid of the dark? Ah, real monsters and tales from the crypt. But this new Batman was dark and gritty and grounded. Almost no silliness or camp to be seen at all. Christopher Nolan took it to the next level. And then 2008 happened. It was a huge year for comic book movies, and my obsession had to be split. The Dark Knight released, and it was quickly lauded, not only as the best comic book film of all time, and still is, but one of the best films of all time, coming in at number four on IMDb's list of top movies of all time, just behind The Godfather Part Two and before 12 Angry Men. This thing is everything it is compared to it now. The excellence of the acting, the filmmaking, the IMAX up, it, it truly is an incredible film backed up by one of the best performances of our generation as Heath Ledger absolutely goes all in on the Joker before tragically passing away. Just when we thought DC was hogging all the spotlight, John Favreau, Kevin Feige, and Robert Downey Jr. team up for a Marvel B-tier superhero, Iron Man, launching the MCU and really taking over the comic book world with its shared universe take that everyone is trying to get a piece of now. Let's face it, Kevin Feige is a a once-in-a-lifetime creative force that we won't see again. That's not to say that the MCO doesn't have its share of stinkers, looking at you, Thor, the Dark World. But let's get back to DC, shall we? The Dark Knight trilogy closed its books in 2012 with a kind of bloated finale that seems to be critically loved, but has continued to divide fans. I like it. Where does DC and Warner Brothers go from here? Like I said, it's 2012 and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or the MCU, is in full swing with their first team-up film, The Avengers. The Dark Knight trilogy is complete. The film's director, Christopher Nolan, has moved on from directing DC Comics Fair. Christian Bale is done with the cape and cowl, and it seems like the next thing to do is start working toward a Justice League movie, trying to mirror the success of Marvel. Enter... Zack Snyder. So let's take a short trip back to 2006. Warner Brothers taps Zack to helm the film adaptation of the beloved graphic novel 300, based on the ancient historical events of the 300 Spartans' last stand against the Persian Empire. The film was seriously bonkers in scope. It was like the graphic novel itself had come to life on the screen. Zack Snyder's stunning visuals were truly something to behold. While the film was uh, met with mixed reviews, it was safe to say this was a huge financial success for Warner Brothers. The film made $456 million on a $65 million budget. WB liked the numbers and stuck by their visionary director, Zack Snyder, as they again tapped him with directing the most celebrated graphic novel of all time, Watchmen. I can openly admit, I was pretty ignorant to the hype and buzz around the book. I hadn't really dove into graphic novels at this point in my life, but I remember seeing that tag from the trailer in the theater, and I was in the most celebrated graphic novel of all time. 
I dove into the book before the film came out, and when I saw the film in theater, I was shocked they included a certain blue phallus. That's kind of what Zack Snyder does. He doesn't pull any punches. The film itself was met with divisive reviews, and the fandom was split yet again, some claiming it was almost shot for shot, line for line, retelling of the novel. Some saying the film's ending deviating from the book ruined it for them. Some say that it's better, it's a better ending than the book. I thought it felt like it was missing some heart, honestly, but years later I came to the director's cut, and that particular cut of the film is in my top five films of all time. I suggest to you that if you have not seen the movie since all the MCU and DCEU movies have moved to the forefront of pop culture, then I suggest you watch this again. Watchmen, the director's cut. But here's the first time we have Zack Snyder's first director's cut. And it really is such a better film than the theatrical one. I feel like WB should have learned their lesson here. And maybe they did. Anyways, Nolan is done with Batman trilogy. And the year is 2013. Here comes Henry Cavill flying in as Superman in Man of Steel. Christopher Nolan was still involved, but only as a producer. Yet again, the film was met with mixed reviews and reactions, but I feel as time goes on, people rewatch it and come to appreciate it as I do. I seriously could watch this film over and over again. It might be one of my Desert Island movies just because of how freaking hopeful and inspiring it is. Safe to say I'm still obsessed with this movie. It reinvigorated my DC Comics love. It led me back to DC Comics. I stormed through the new 52 catalog. I went back to other famous storylines I had missed out on. Crisis on Infinite Earths, Blackest Night, Brightest Day, Identity Crisis, Kevin Smith's run on Green Arrow, Grant Morrison's run on Justice League. I was just devouring anything DC had to offer, including the already one season in television series from the CW, Arrow, adapted characters from the Green Arrow series, and eventually spawned into its own shared universe or multiverse, including The Flash, Supergirl, The Legends of Tomorrow, and Black Lightning. The crossover event storylines were incredible and really satiated my love for crossover events from the comic books I grew up loving so much. I still think back fondly at the CW-verse, but it is now a shade of its former self. Now I'll get to the nitty-gritty of it all. Warner Brothers wanting its own cinematic universe, much like Marvel. Following Man of Steel and seeing the success of the MCU, who would lead them there? Zack Snyder, the same visionary director of the comic adaptations of 300 Watchmen and Man of Steel, alongside his wife Deborah Snyder as a producer. To much social media backlash, Ben Affleck is cast as Batman in Bruce Wayne in the upcoming sequel to Man of Steel. Wait, what? Batman isn't getting his own movie? They cried. DC isn't doing this the right way. Look at Marvel. Follow the same formula. Give each hero their own movie before teaming them up. I like this, I replied to the doubters and haters. DC is not the same as Marvel. Their heroes are very different. They don't need to follow the same formula. You just wait and see. This movie is going to be epic. Then Gal Gadot is cast as Diana Prince, Wonder Woman. Same rhetoric, same backlash, and hate from the people saying WB and DC are doing this the wrong way. Just you wait and see, I replied. Images began to surface. She looked perfect as Wonder Woman. Ben Affleck was perfect as Batman. I was in awe. Everything looked so good. My enthusiasm was sky high. Nothing could stop my obsession from growing even deeper. 
teaser trailers came and went. I was sold on it. Everyone was. This film was the first time three of the greatest superheroes of all time teamed up on screen. And it looked fantastic. Yeah, yeah, some people were confused and in a tizzy and that the likes of Wonder Woman and Batman weren't getting their first in-universe movies. But whatever. Then something happened. A marketing debacle unlike any other. The trailers and marketing shifted away from the entire shtick they had been clinging to since the film was announced. Batman v Superman. Instead, they revealed that they would be teaming up in the end against the big bad Superman killer himself, Doomsday, who seemed like a cave troll from Lord of the Rings. I couldn't believe that they, what they had done. Such a massive spoiler released in the trailer. I was hurt. I felt betrayed. I felt as if they just ruined my film-going experience. But I pressed on. Early screenings of Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, were apparently met with standing ovations. Buzz around the film grew, my excitement with it. And then, it was March 24th, 2016. The Thursday premiere was happening. I had avoided the internet fairly uh, successfully at the time. Me and my wife, my father-in-law, and a friend of mine all went and saw the film. It felt weird. I felt weird. I liked it, but it just felt weird, disjointed, choppy, like it was missing a whole plot threads. I felt let down. I quickly went online to see what the critics thought what the buzz was like on Reddit. My face turned hot. I was upset at how bad everyone was talking about something I actually enjoyed. Someone who was fast-tracking themselves as one of my favorite directors. All the scores were abysmal. My friends made fun of me for liking the movie, but there were some who thought as I did. I just needed to find them for affirmation. Then something weird happened. WB, Zack Snyder, they dropped a deleted scene on YouTube titled Communion. The scene included Lex Luthor communing with Steppenwolf within the Kryptonian ship, only for Steppenwolf to use his mother boxes to boom to back to Apocalypse and Lex to be arrested by the incoming SWAT team. It was so cool. Steppenwolf was terrifying and it made the ending make much more sense as Lex maniacally and insanely babbles on about someone coming and his bell that can't be unrung before mimicking a bell over and over. Ding, 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 ding. Which, for uber DC nerds, you know, is the sound a mother box makes when it opens a boom tube. I knew this was something that belonged in the film. And yes, not long after the film premiered in theaters, an ultimate cut was announced. It would include 30-some-odd minutes back into the film. I was jazzed, to say the least. It reminded me of another obsession of mine, Lord of the Rings which all came with extended editions, which are all far superior to the theatrical cuts. But again, that'll be another episode. The Ultimate Edition came, and boy oh boy is it 100% better. It made the film feel, well, like it was intended to be. The other version of it should not even exist. Much like Zack Snyder's other film, Watchmen, the director's cut was far superior to the one that had been edited and meddled with by the producers at Warner Brothers. Suicide Squad came and went. It was a film I enjoyed knowing full well it was not a good movie. I enjoyed Harley and Joker and knowing full well that Jared Leto's Joker had been cut short. Stories came out that Warner Brothers wanted heavy reshoots to change the tone of the film to be 
funnier in response to BVS's dark dour nature. Then Justice League set visits happened. Everyone invited seemed to indicate that this movie was going to be awesome and really springboard DC onto the right track. I was a bit anxious. Man of Steel and Batman v Superman were already movies I adored, and in my opinion were already on the right track. They had created films that set themselves apart from their comic book counterpart in Marvel. None of the MCU movies even come close to the depth of meaning Zack Snyder's DC films have. Every scene, every bit of dialogue, purposeful. Wonder Woman released and it quickly shot up in my comic book film rankings. What a film. Packed with some of the greatest moments in any comic book movie. It's not perfect, but really damn good. And infinitely rewatchable. Then May of 2017 happened. Zack Snyder stepped down from the post-production on Justice League following the suicide of his daughter. A family tragedy. Something no one could predict. It was announced by WB that Joss Whedon of Avengers and Buffy the Vampire Slayer fame would replace him. Filming additional photography for DC's first Justice League outing. I was confused, disturbed. Why would they let the director they place so much trust in just walk away? Why not give him time to grieve, push the release date into the following year, and let him finish the film when he was ready to do so? I guess that's just not how business works. So, I guess the best thing for me to do to lead you into Zack Snyder's Justice League is to give you a brief timeline of the events leading up to the most tweeted about movie that never happened. May 2017. Zack Snyder leaves the production of Justice League following a family tragedy. Warner Brothers taps Joss Whedon to replace him for additional photography and post-production. June 2017. Danny Elfman replaces Junkie XL or Tom Holkenborg as the composer on the film. This was confusing since Junkie XL co-scored BVS with Hans Zimmer. This was worrisome to me. I felt like they were going to completely change the tone of the film, the trilogy that Zack Snyder had created. Are they going to scrap all the themes Junkie XL wrote and carried over from BVS? I was confused. November 2017, Justice League is released as a two-hour movie, and it bombs, both critically and financially. I was disappointed. I wanted to make myself like it. I wanted to be its white knight, defending it much like I did with DC's previous two entries. I quickly went to my go-to source for affirmation for my love of all things DC, the Suicide Squadcast, now known as DC Movie Squadcast. They didn't like it. I was confused. The more I watched the film, though, the more I hated it. I watched the films as a trilogy, and it was abysmal. Nothing Zack Snyder had planted had come to fruition from the previous movies. What happened to the nightmare sequence? What happened to the Flash running back in time? What happened to Darkseid? The film was a stitched amalgam of two very different directors and had no place completing the Superman, the savior trilogy. I became bitter. My obsession with DC had soured. Then something disgusting happened. It began coming out that the higher ups of DC pushed the movie forward so they could get their bonuses for that year. I was furious. And then a glimmer of hope, much like the dirt on Clark Kent's coffin of movement. 
that all started with the hashtag, release the Snyder Cut. I signed the petition on change.org. I wasn't active on Twitter or anything at the time, nor did I have a podcast to voice my support. But I followed the Trage and the Scoopers, who had more connections. I watched on this movement as it raised money for suicide prevention, rented out ads in soccer stadiums abroad, rented out ad space in Times Square, flew ads behind airplanes, stood outside WB offices, and I can't thank you guys enough for helping this thing happen, for all the fans of Zach and his amazing work. Let's get back to the timeline, shall we? January 2018. Details and reports suggest that the director's cut of Justice League is more complete than originally suggested. Screen Rant's Stephen M. Colbert reported that Zack had assembled a rough cut of the film and was already moving on to special effects and color grading. This gave the Snyder Cut movement hope. Stephen also suggests that only about 42% of the scenes filmed by Zack Snyder were, in, were left in the theatrical cut, leaving the other 58% as reshoots directed by Joss Whedon. Sporadically throughout 2018, Zack Snyder releases unreleased behind-the-scenes photos, storyboards, and other treats from his Justice League film onto his Vero page including a November 2018 post teasing the DC's biggest bad new god, Darkseid. February 2018. Josh L. Dickey, a retiring entertainment reporter, spills some beans in a tweet that read, Since I'm shifting into DGAF mode, here's a hot one for you. Zack Snyder was fired from the DCEU just over one year ago. Couldn't write it quite that way at the time, but was able to tap dance around it. Clumsy slash oblique headline, not mine. Well, dang, in the words of Chester Pinkman, that's messed up, yo. July 2018. Warner Brothers claims it has no intentions of releasing a director's cut of the film. January 2019. Superfan Fiona Zhang creates forsnydercut.com to promote the release of, for the film. March 2019. Zack Snyder says his version of the film is 214 minutes long. Wait. Hold on. Let me do the math here. <laughs> Carry the one. Yeah, so that's like 3.5 hours long. So we saw less than one hour of Zack's footage in the two-hour theatrical release. You're telling me that there was over two and a half hours left on the cutting room floor? What the heck? April 2019. Fans start Project Comic Con. They raised $26,000 for the project, half of which they donated to suicide prevention in honor of Zach and Deborah's daughter. August 2019, both Jason Momoa, who starts Aquaman in the film and in his own solo outing, and Kevin Smith claim the Snyder Cut of Justice League exists. The former stating it's sick, and the latter stating it's not some mythical creature. It exists. October 2019, fans pay for the Times Square billboard. 
Zach acknowledges it by saying it was truly amazing and that he was speechless and humbled by the support. Also October 2019, Antonius Tom Hulkenborg, also known as Junkie XL, confirms his score was completed. So you mean he scored into the entire movie and they just threw it all out and hired Danny Elfman? What the heck? November 2019, Gal Ray Fisher, and Ben Affleck tweet out, hashtag release the Snyder Cut. This is when it became real for me. Now you have four out of the six main cast of the film coming out in support of the project. This gave everyone hope. December 2019. Zach posts pictures of covered film reels labeled JL Director's Cut with the caption, is it real? Does it exist? Of course it does. May 2020, COVID-19, quarantine. Zach and his wife, Deborah, do a virtual watch-along and commentary for Man of Steel via Zoom and Vero, which, at the end, Henry Cavill, Superman himself, crashed the party, along with some other superfans that started the release, the Snyder Cut movement. Zach reveals that his director's cut, titled Zack Snyder's Justice League, would be released on HBO Max in 2021. I was working from home at the time. I had my phone up watching and listening along. I legit teared up when he revealed his work would be completed. His vision for his Superman trilogy finally realized. I was so happy for him. June 2020. Zack releases a sneak peek at his version featuring Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman and, of course, Darkseid. August 2020. Hallelujah. The first trailer is released at DC Fandom Virtual Convention during the COVID-19 pandemic. October 2020. Jared Leto joins additional photography, reprising his role as the Joker from Suicide Squad. November 2020. Another new trailer is released. It's only a little different than the other one from August, but That one had to be pulled due to music rights from Leonard Cohen's song Hallelujah, which they now apparently have the rights to. January 2021, an official release date of March 18th on HBO Max is given. February 11th, 12th, and 13th, Zach drops little teasers for a new trailer that will air on Valentine's Day. Goosebumps. This looks like a totally different film. Dark Side, Granny Goodness, Steppenwolf, and Desaad grace our screens. The new gods themselves. Apocalypse. This looks awesome. Along with all this other stuff, it concludes with our first look at Jared Leto's Joker in the nightmare sequences teased at in Batman v Superman. This looks so cool. Well, March 18th, we are getting Zack Snyder's Justice League, and I am so excited. I have not been excited about a film like this in a very long time. Now, the executives at WB have been replaced. Joss Whedon finds himself in hot water as Ray Fisher, Charisma Carpenter, and others accuse him of workplace abuse, creating a toxic work environment, and other things. Warner Media conducted an investigation into the production of Justice League as Ray Fisher has continually made allegations against WB executives 
legendary comic book writer Jeff Johns, and of course, Joss Whedon. I'm telling you, this production deserves its own docuseries on HBO Max, too. Of course, there were other things I've obsessed over. The Arkham series of video games, the DC deck building game from Cryptozoic, a game I play regularly with family and friends, and of course, the movies Aquaman, Shazam, Birds of Prey, Wonder Woman 1984, and the DC Universe original shows, now defunct and rolled into HBO Max, Titans, and Doom Patrol, Young Justice, the plethora of animated films, but none of those really captured me quite like the work of Zack Snyder. And after that new trailer dropped on the evening of Valentine's Day, it's safe to say I am obsessing harder than ever before. Thank you all for listening to my inaugural episode of Obsession. My name is Ian, and this has been a Cine Siblings production. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, go watch some DC movies. Thanks for listening to the Cine Siblings Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cine Siblings Pod.